Live from Queensland, Australia, it's the podcast that some people all around the world are talking about. Those wonderful people are our lovely listeners, and now you're one of them too. To you, all of our lovely listeners, we say a hearty yeehaw. Can we get a yeehaw from everyone? Yeehaw! Let's get on with the show then. Why, hello there, lovely listeners, and welcome to another episode of Speak Away, bruv. Yeehaw! Oh, a, your, your yeehaw's sounding a bit poorly there, Cooper. Yeah, not very good today. No, we'll, we'll make sure that it's better for next time. Well, lovely listeners, without further ado, we'd love to introduce you to our guest for today's episode. He is the one, the only, the Nick May... Thank you guys very much. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. So Nick is our fantastic personal trainer. Um, he puts up with both of us in various capacities. Um, I don't know how you do that, to be honest. It takes a lot of meditation before your session. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah, after checks about out. Two hours, we're good to go. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's a two-hour process just to like mentally prepare oneself. Yeah. Um, it also requires a lot of homework. A lot of Star Wars shows need mm. to be watched. A lot of Marvel movies just in I, preparation. I have to be up to date. Yeah, exactly. If you're not, if you're not up to date, it's a real issue. Yeah. Alrighty, Nick. So uh, for those of you who may not have listened to the, the guest episodes before, uh, our format for these is similar to our top five show. Basically, what we ask of our guests is that we want to hear five things about them. We want to hear... A fun fact, an interesting anecdote, a scandalous secret. Any and all of these things are welcome and encouraged in our guests. And basically what we'll do is we'll go through five things about our guest and then we will dive in deeper into all five of those things or maybe just the ones we're interested in. So (laughs) let's see what happens. All right, Nick, let's hear your first thing. My surprise fact. Your surprise um, fact. I think we will start off something that may not be as known. Okay. Um, and my passion and love for snowboarding. Okay, yes. Mm. Um, if you'd like me to elaborate a little bit. We say I mean, you're able to elaborate as much as you'd like, but that'll just, you know, limit our options in the in the latter part okay. of the episode. Right. <laughs> I'll, um, I'll, I'll save the extra details um, for later on. Okay, so that's number one is snowboarding. Mm. Number two. Mm-hmm. Number two would be sort of my life in Arakan, um, yep. martial arts uh, that has sort of gotten me to where I am today, um, which is obviously where how we met. And, yes. And um, yeah, there's a, that's a, a big chunk of my life that we'll, we'll dive into. Fantastic. Mm. And number three? Uh, number three is my... Um, something that people may not know as much about and my enjoyment of the piano. Wow, okay. Even we didn't know that. No, that's surprise. that's a new one. Enjoyment of the piano, fantastic. Yeah. Well, you're with one person here that you can share that with yeah, and well, one well, half person. The piano is not in this room, but the piano is just down the hall, so oh, there we go. 
I'll give it a play later. A little well, bit later. that'll that'll be the after show. It's yeah, just yeah. a little, a nice little, <laughs> yeah. you know, a crooner style. Can be my outro. That'll yeah, be it. That'll we'll, be. <laughs> I'll just bring the the recording setup into the yeah. other room, and we'll just kind of. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be an Instagram exclusive. Wonderful. It's yes, not that fantastic. Great, but, but thank you. Fantastic. All right, enjoyment of the piano. That is. That is a surprising one. So looking forward to talking a little bit more about that. Mm-hmm. All right. So we got that. <clears throat> number four. Um, number four, I think we might dive a little bit into um, something a little bit deeper and some of my struggles with mental health, uh-huh. uh, some of the things that I've gone through and worked on um, for a fair few years now that has just sort of brought me to where I am now and, and mm. give me so many tools and things. So I'll save the details for later, but Fantastic. That, that one we'll go into. All right. And number five. Now, number five, you have warned us that it's that it's a surprise. It is a surprise. So it's a, it's a little secret surprise. So do we maybe just want to... I think we, we wait till later to, okay. to reveal it. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll tease out that we'll tease number that five is... I'm just going to put in our little run sheet here. Big surprise. Okay. Stay big, tuned. Big mystery surprise. Please, audience, hang around to hear it. All right. Fantastic. So let's start back up at the top with number one. So snowboarding. Now, mm. Cooper and I do know about this because you've only just recently come back from your first snowboarding trip. No, this was my fourth snowboarding trip. Oh, it's, I, I meant the first of recent times. Oh, yes. but your fo- Okay, so it was your fourth snowboarding trip in, in total. Yes. And you were in New Zealand for that particular one. Have all Where have you been around the world to snowboard? Because you can't exactly snowboard on the sunny Gold Coast. No, no, I can't. Unless you really want to do some dune snowboarding. Yeah, it doesn't work. It's no, not, it really it's doesn't. It's not the same. Um, look, I started back many, many years ago when I went to Mount Buller in Melbourne um, with my dad. Um, the introduction i guess to snow was was in mount buller in melbourne yeah and the snow here in australia it's not fantastic it's not fantastic at all no we're not really the 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 climate or or the temperament for it no the tropical conditions don't make for good snow they uh they leave everything super icy um which if you've never been snowboarding before is terrible to go over Mm -hmm. um i try and ride from this nice soft powder well it's fake powder here in australia but you know you, you go from this soft powder all of a sudden you hear that sound of the which is yeah. certain death uh where the board will slide out from under you you'll smash your head on the ground which is obviously solid ice yeah um, and it's not fantastic but it was a good place to learn um and get me excited for my first trip to new zealand which was when i was about i'd say 15 um i went with a close friend of mine um ben hughes who mm-hmm. and his dad and sort of sort of learned uh, snowboarding together yep um, and new zealand is amazing you know really really nice place um we stayed in queenstown we over overlooked my um, favorite burger shop of ever which is called ferg burger okay um, if you've never been to new zealand or queenstown make sure you get to ferg burger what's um, your go-to order at ferg burger there's a few. There's, there's a, few. a few. Okay, there's it's a rotating a list. Right. Mm. And it doesn't matter what you get because they're all amazing. The okay, are like as big as your head. Oh my goodness! Just they have like twenty something staff in there at once. And wow, it's, just, it's, it, it's proper good. I remember hearing about that actually. Someone told me about that last year, I think. Mm. 
Right, okay. Is it is it a chain or is it the one restaurant? Nope, they have the one. So Ferg Burger seems to have branched out. They've got mm-hmm. the one the one shop where they do the burgers, but then they've got Ferg Bakery next door where they do wow. patisseries and desserts. Uh, then they've got a Ferg Bar on the other side where they do all the drinks Wait. and things like that. So it's Ferg Block. Pretty much. It's just, and it's it's just they've, they've just monopolized this one corner of Queenstown. And That's it's fantastic. The, it's the busiest part of Queenstown. And wow, they've okay. got Mrs. Ferg now as well on the other side of Ferg Bakery. So mm. uh, I didn't actually get in there, but I don't know what's um, what's in there. But right, okay. the burgers are better at Ferg Burger. The burgers quick, are better at Ferg Burger. <laughs> quick disclaimer, this podcast is not sponsored <laughs> by Ferg Burger or its affiliates. It's also not sponsored by Hungry Jacks, evidently, because we've just... <laughs> Slammed him. <laughs> Just slammed him. Do better. Um, you know, we're going to get Jacks. banned now. <laughs> Cancelled. It's okay. We just won't pick up their sponsorship for a few more episodes. It'll be fine. They'll they'll come back eventually. They have to. Um. All right. So that was that was your second trip snowboarding was New yes. Zealand yep. at at fifteen. And I assume that every time you've gone back since you've you've grabbed a Ferg burger or two or thirteen yeah. or. So then I went with a bunch of friends at eighteen. Yeah. Um, either just after we left high school or just at the end of high school. No, it would have been just after we left high school. Yeah. Um, and it was awesome. And a friend of mine, Bernsey, and Ben were probably snowboarding together the closest. Um, where we had been a few times. We're starting to pick up some speed. Um, and you know me, I love doing dumb stuff as yes. much as possible. So yes, I, I'm sure that'll come up later in the episode. <laughs> so much. So, much. so I... Um, you start to try tricks and doing 180s and getting as much air over ramps as possible. And um, I really wanted to try and do a backflip, but we're four trips in yet. I still haven't done it, um, but we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to it shortly. All righty. Um, yes, because while Bailey's typing this, you actually showed us a video of your latest New Zealand trip. Yes, yeah, so including some of the outtakes. This you showed us some of the really cool bits yeah. and then some of the outtakes yeah. as well. The outtakes are good, which is me falling on my face, <laughs> um, slamming my head into the into the nice softer powder here in New Zealand. Mm. There in New Zealand. Um, but yes, yeah, so, so that brings me to my latest one, which I went to this year in um, August, um, which was awesome. It was really, really nice. Uh, it was just myself and my brother and my, my mum and we had the a great time trying to teach my brother for the first time. Yeah. Um, and there were so many tricks that we tried and did. By we, I mean I. Uh, and <laughs> by tried, I mean failed miserably. Um, but hey, do or do not, there is no try. Absolutely. The thought's and, there. And at least you did it yeah. and you failed, I but you did it. I definitely choose do and <laughs> do not. Yes. And, um, yeah. So that leads me to our next trip. Mm, when yes. I'm heading off to Japan. Yes. Um, which is extremely exciting. Never been to Japan. Uh, okay, so it's the first Japan trip. Yeah, always have been excited and interested in Japanese culture. Um, unlike Australia, I think that almost every country has better culture than, than us Australians. Don't, I mean... Don't have a lot going on here, but... No, because we really don't lean into the the heavy culture of our actual country. We're just kind of like, ah, oh, yes, the last 400 years. It's like maybe... Yeah. Maybe, maybe go back a bit further because there is uh, – we're not? Okay. No. Okay, great. That's right. Cool. Um, unfortunately, but that's okay because we'll have uh, many other cultures to explore. So the, the Japanese 
culture looks really interesting. Mm. Um, I'm very excited to sort of be a part of it all. Um, and again, I'm going with a f- few friends of mine, a few of my closer friends. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going for 16 days, I think. Yep. Which is going to be a really long time. Uh, eight days in the snow. Eight days just on the on the slopes. Wow. Okay. And the coolest part is, I believe we're staying on the mountains. So in Japan, like because the snow is so much more, there's a place called Hakuba where we're staying. Yep. And the place that we've picked to stay is literally a scenario where you put your clothes on, you put your whole your whole get up on, you grab your board, you walk out the door, you walk for about four to six minutes, depending on the depth of the snow and how hard it is to walk. Yep. And you're at the chairlifts. Wow. And you just go up just go and you're ready to rock and roll and I that's pretty crazy so excited the snow is supposed to be so soft mm. and fluffy hence where i get to start these tricks so i'm gonna try and do this back oh. yes um, see i almost thought you were gonna say you walk outside and then you are immediately on the slope as soon as yeah, you walk i thought out it was just gonna be like there's a real steep gradient yeah. just past the driveway and that you just go rip you take four steps and then all of a sudden, why am I going down so fast? No, that that would be I've I've seen places that you can stay like that, um, but they're much more exy. So we chose mm. the budget place, which is only four minutes away. Um, but unlike New Zealand, you know, you have to wake up at whatever time in the morning, get all your stuff ready, go down, walk for miles to get to a bus stop, catch a yep. bus, or out this is if you haven't bought a car or hired a car with chains and whatnot. Um, you then catch a bus all the way up the mountain. You finally get to the mountain. Mm. You've got to walk all the way through these people and finally get to the chairlift. And it's just a whole rigmarole. Yeah. You know what would be even better? If before you got on the chairlift, they put a fur burger right there. Oh, yeah. Now oh, you're man. Now you're there you go. Yeah, that <laughs> That's what they need to do. They need to expand. 100%. They yeah. need to expand upward, quite yeah. literally. They need to go higher in elevation. That's right. If... Um, Bergberger was on the mountains because you've got a few mountains in New Zealand. You've got where I went is the Remarkables, Mount Hart, Coronet Peak, uh, Cardrona, I think, and Treblecone as well. So mm. um, I reckon if Bergberger had a place in all of those mountains, oh, they already hiked the price of foods and stuff up. You could yeah. just double what you do in Bergberger. Exactly. And you're having thousands of people come a day. So 100%. Definitely worth it. Now... The last thing that we that we have for snowboarding before we move on is Cooper and I have mm. not been snowboarding. Mm. We have no no frame of reference, no anything. Okay. No talent. Wh- okay. <laughs> you didn't have to go that far. I'll I mean, speak I feel for like, myself in that. I feel regard. like I'd already kind of pushed us, you know, and you just kind of went, "Yeah, we're going over the cliff. We've got no talent." Nice. No, so I was going to let that one slide. <laughs> anyway. Okay, so we have no talent. Yeah. Um, what would be, as someone who's who snowboarded quite a bit, what would be your piece of advice to start somebody off? What's the kind of thing that you've learned over your time that if you can give advice to a rookie, mm-hmm. what would it be? Mm-hmm. Don't quit. Don't quit. Yeah, don't be a little bitch. Just <laughs> go and do it. Beep. Yeah. <laughs> Just oh, it's okay. We can let that one slide. Go and do it. You will fall. Yep. You will get sore. Wear a butt pad. They're like hard... Yeah, armor casings around your butt, and just keep trying because it's the most incredible feeling you'll ever feel when you mm. start understanding it. When you start switching from side to side, when you start yeah. flying down the mountain at ridiculous speeds with minimal fear, mm-hmm. um, which I'm still trying to work on. <laughs> too fast is way too scary. You do what's called catching an edge on yeah. the snowboard, and 
all momentum is lost mm. and you will go headfirst into the floor. So Ooh. control it, go nice and slow, but keep going. You, you fall down, you get back up, you do it again. You fall down, you get back up, just do it again. My brother started getting awesome. really good after four days, but he had like concussions and busted up tailbone. Like, wow, okay. He kept going. Yeah. A great, great takeaway. I was going to say something. Yes. Yeah, go on. It is an incredible feeling when you achieve that. It's also an, an incredible feeling when you hurt yourself doing that. Mm. Mm. Yes. There is no pain without gain. <laughs> There's no gain without pain, right? You need... <laughs> You I feel like you were going in a different direction yeah. there and then you really <laughs> swerved into like, let's make it gain. Yeah. I, don't, <laughs> I don't know yeah. what else is up there. We're going fine. gain. Mm. So, yeah, absolutely. It's um, worth it. Don't quit. Okay. Worth it. Don't quit. Yeah. Accept the pain. Yeah. Which I feel could very, very nicely segue us into learning through pain at Arakan Martial Arts. Yes. I think that's as good a segue as we're going to get. Excellent. So... Uh, for for reference, uh, I met Nick through my Arakan martial art journey. Um, my instructor Kerid um, recommended that I that I pick up some more lessons, and you know, what a great recommendation! I know, right? Look at where we are now <laughs> from that recommendation. And you taught one of my other friends, Anita, briefly, like at at some point during her journey, and so taught me briefly. Taught mm. Cooper for a I while. I drove you away. No, yeah. <laughs> I. I I was with you for ten weeks and then you decided to go away. Major contribution. Was it t- only ten weeks? Only ten weeks. It felt like so much longer. It felt like forever. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. The last the last few weeks have felt like an eternity. Yeah. You were the um, second martial arts trainer I drove away. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it that definitely wasn't the students that um that unfortunately um made me choose a different different sort of career path. Um, but I'll I'll get to that. Yeah. So, so that was where, where you and I met and, uh, for reference, I've now graded my yellow belt, which is mm. the first kind of grading milestone in the Arakan journey. Absolutely. You, thank you very much. And Nick was kind enough to, to be there for the, for the aftermath of my grading and thank goodness that it wasn't a fail because otherwise oh. you would have driven a long yeah. way for nothing. <laughs> otherwise he would have been. <laughs> you would have driven a long way to go. Oh, sorry, buddy. <laughs> I'm disappointed in you. I'm disappointed in you as particularly, you particularly given that you'd been our PT at that point for a few months. That's it right. would have been like I've put all this freaking effort in. I would and have walked in and said, "All right, Rob, let's do it again. <laughs> right now, let's do it again. I don't care if he's tired. That's Come right. on, push him. Yeah, he's ready. So, so I'm at that stage in my journey. You, meanwhile, have graded your orange belt, mm. which is the next step up, which is now kind of where I'm at is the very introductory f- place of, of orange belt. Whereas you've graded your orange belt, you're now working on green belt. Yes. So what, what can you tell us about, you know, through... Because you've been doing Arakan over 10 years. Yeah, it will be almost 12 years in February. Wow, okay. Yeah. So... You know, through through doing Arakan for that long and through um, getting through those those two milestones, mm. what is your kind of what are your what your takeaways? What have you learnt? Mm. Not necessarily just about the art, of course, but about you know yourself and and some of the things you were talking about in regards to snowboarding. You know, mm. just keeping going, 
fighting through the pain, you know, what are the kind of takeaways that you've brought away from your Mar- uh, Arakan martial art experience? Mm. There's an unending list of things, but I'm sure some of the major ones that will stand out is, um, and they'll tie into some of the other things that I've mentioned at the beginning. Um, but my mindset has changed completely. Obviously, you know, martial arts is at the core about being able to defend yourself. Mm. Um, it's about being able to be disciplined. It's about being more confident within yourself. And all these things do come along with it. Um, I was lucky enough to be one of the instructors for many, many years. Obviously, that's how we met. Mm. Um, I taught for you know, eight years and it changed my life. I wouldn't be who I am today without that entire piece and everything I got out of the club um, and our chief instructor, Rob, with all the things that he taught me about not just you know, the meaning of life and how to teach and 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 how to be good at the martial art and, and all those little bits and pieces, but how to run a business mm. is what I really learned with Arakin um, because we are running our own business in yeah. reality and you know we are finding our own students. Um, and I had obviously some experience as a personal trainer beforehand when I was very young, mm-hmm. um, which was a good start. But the things that I learned, not just about running the business, but how business just becomes interacting with human beings. And yeah. You could be the worst instructor or a terrible PT or not have a great product to sell. But if you're a amazing human being who has incredible interaction skills, who genuinely cares about others, it doesn't matter how bad you are as an instructor or a personal trainer. Or That's why you guys keep coming back to me because I might not be the best instructor. <laughs> but at least know how to talk to people and know how to care, right? Yeah. And it's never it's never fake. You know, you, you learn that it's a genuine depth of caring for human beings. And yes. I think that, that that's one of the biggest things I learned um, is just how to actually care, put others first. Um, and, yeah, the, again, the list is endless and it, and it has shaped my life. Um, as I said, I don't know what number on the list we are at. We're at, we're at number two on the list. Okay, good. So piano's coming up. So I, I think if we were relating sort of Arakan to my struggles with mental health that I'll go into um, later, I'll sort of tie them together. Mm. Um, but it's, yeah, as I said, has, has changed my life. And I, I do know how to you know, defend myself, which is a, a, a fantastic thing to know. And I do think everyone should understand that. Um, but just how to be a better person and how to, I guess, run a business is mm. quite important. Um, and has started my sort of next business, which is where I'm now mentoring personal trainers. So because I've done yeah. a bit of personal training, I'm now managing a gym. Um, I get to work with some of the personal trainers there. Uh, and I have so much experience in one-on-ones, personal training, martial arts, teaching. It's very similar. Yeah. Um, and again, it doesn't come down to the product that you're selling, whether it's teaching a martial art or coaching someone through personal training. Um it's about interacting with people. Yes. It's about the professionalism. Um, and I'm finding that that's extremely helpful when I'm you know, teaching these p- PTs how to be better business owners and, yes. and just have better people in general. So that's probably the biggest stuff that I've, I've taken away from Arakan. Yeah. And it's it's interesting. I, I've, I've taken much the same away. Um, but, you know, also in, in like the film aspect of it, you see, you see that same kind of thing where it doesn't matter – you know, how many credits you've got. It doesn't matter the, the 
the profile that you have, may have created for yourself. At the end of the day, if you can't talk to people and if you can't care for people on on a on a personal level, you're gonna fail. Mm. I've watched so many people in this industry who some of them are relics of the the days where Hollywood was a real nasty place mm. and where everything was a bit yeah. Mm-hmm. But even just some who just are are in it only for themselves. And I think that's a massive thing about Aracon as well is and and I talk to Rob about it quite a lot when when we train is the the thing I love about Aracon is that it's not about um just you. Mm. You're only as good as the training partners you work with mm. because ultimately, you know, whether it's instructor, whether it's another student, they are guiding your mm. your journey. Mm. And so if you are taking them for granted, if you're going like, oh, that person's shit, like mm. I never want to train with them again, mm. you're you're so you're not gonna get anything out of it. Mm. And you're gonna be, you know, at at a stage in your journey where you're all on your own. Mm. You know, and, and that's something that, that Rob and I have talked about quite a bit is, you know, um really leaning into like, you know, at the end of the day, being there for people, you know, there are there are people grading um who i've worked with and i try and be at everyone's Mm. you know at the at the end of everyone's grading Mm. um can't always but but if i have a gap in my schedule i'm there Mm. because and if i can't be there i send them messages you know i've Mm. i've sent a few messages in the last few weeks to people i've been at a few you know like in the after after bit of a grading yes but yeah, it's 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 really about that that care for people because when you care for people, they'll care for you, and that's yeah. And it's funny when you talk about um, you know you do def- definitely train with a whole variety of people, and as you get better, you think you're there's like funny phases, right? So you'll go through the first few years and you'll think you're starting to get good. Then you'll get to a point where you're like, oh, I'm pretty good. Like I'm better than this person and this person and this person. Mm. And then you get even better and then you go, oh, hold on. I'm actually not as good as I thought I was because yeah. even though you're better than you were, you're now starting to realize that there's obviously all these people better than you and you're just trying mm. to learn more. And then you, you start to look at these other people uh, who you used to think that you were better for and, and you might be better technically or whatever. Um, but instead of looking at it as, oh man, I don't want to throw, I don't want to train with this person because they throw weird punches and they don't like make me train good or whatever mm. you want to call it, you can start looking at it as an opportunity to one, learn more and be better as a as a martial artist and being able mm. to defend yourself from someone throwing strange punches because that's what's going to happen in reality. Yeah. Someone's going to throw some strange stuff at you. Just some weird thing that you're just going to, once you actually put them down, it's going to be like, yeah. now why did you do that? That's right. Can we just, <laughs> now that you're kind of in this like therapist's, the therapist couch position. Yeah, You're right. laid out on the ground. Yeah. Can we just talk about why you thought that was a good idea? Then it never was. But anyway, <laughs> the other option is you look at it. And, yes, Cooper. Yes, this. <laughs> that's me. <Yeah. laughs> um, the other option is you know you take the opportunity to help them learn mm-hmm. you know, in that scenario. So you, you never want to sort of take away from the instructor and, and start teaching in their class when you're not having the right. But by training well and respecting that person, they'll end up learning something from you, whether it's how to feed better, how to do better, how to mm. whatever it may be. So, um, yeah, the, res- the respect and the discipline goes a long way when it comes to that genuine care for people. Yeah, exactly. And and 
even if it's just like I've I've occasionally done this where it's just a quiet word to an instructor of like, you know, we're in a group situation. I just go, I think this person just it's something not quite right there, and I don't know what it is, mm. but but you as the instructor might be able to help them figure it out. You know, um, yeah, I've I've watched people just through one piece of instruction go from like, what the hell are they doing to like, oh okay, that they're actually their control's gotten better, their technique's gotten better, just from like one piece of advice of just like an instructor through me just like flagging something and just going, oh, I'm, I'm not sure what's going on here, but it, there's something wrong. Mm. It was always always the annoying part as, a, as an instructor. Is like let's say I was working with Bailey and I'd be going, I need you to do this, I need you to do this, I need you to turn the wrist on your back fist, I need you to turn the wrist on your back fist. Okay, your back fist is still shit. Turn your <laughs> wrist on your back fist so that when you hit, like it has, to, you've got to turn that Bailey. You got to turn your wrist <laughs> on the back fist, and then you'll go and do a lesson somewhere else, and you'll come back to me and you go, "Man, that lesson with Carrot was so good. He told me to turn my wrist on my back fist, <laughs> and everything changed." And I'm like, I hate you. Like, <laughs> this sounds about right. <laughs> And the best part is, is that Kerrod will say the exact same thing yeah. from the other side of it, where he's been like, Bailey just can't get his his like um, roundhouse kicks right. Yeah. And then I go off to a lesson with you, and just for some reason, something that you say in like an, an analogy or an anecdote or whatever, and I just get it right, and I'm just like, oh, Nick, help me get my roundhouse kick right. He's like, I've been trying to do that for six yeah. months. Yeah. yeah. And it would have been the same exact words that I've just said that Kerrod said. Probably. And your brain just went. Oh, click. Just at some point, your brain just has reached saturation of it. Yeah. And it just goes, oh, wait, I've collected all the pieces. Yeah. Put them together and it works. Yes. But yeah, it's, it is it is kind of funny how, yeah, it just kind of sets it up like that of just like, you know, mm. go, going away and just coming back. And it's just like, I learned how to do it. Mm. It's like, why couldn't you do that when you were here? Mm, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, fantastic. I think I think we've kind of neatly wrapped that one up with a bow. Now, let's get onto this one that I'm fascinated to hear more about because genuinely did not expect this to be one of the five. Enjoyment of the piano. Yeah. Tell us more about your 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 the joy that the piano brings to your life. I played around on a piano probably when I was 15, 14. I had one that was about I don't know, 60 centimeters long and it was plastic and I used to have it in my room and I used to try and learn and I've always been interested. Again, I'm not saying that I'm very good at all. Um, I have key songs that I know and they go hand in hand with my interests because yep. deep down I'm a, a bit, fair bit of a nerd in terms of pop culture and um, video games and things like that. So there was, there's piano pieces that I have learned specifically that are um, from quite unique nerdy things mm-hmm. Um and I just learned them on a on YouTube, basically playing the piano's version of Guitar Hero. So right, okay. There's a, a program called Synthesia. Yep, I've se- I've played around with Synthesia. Yep. Yeah, where all these keys come down where you, where where you're on the piano, um, and I would just memorize them. Now my brain, this is why or what helps me learn Arakan. Mm. My brain works in the way of patterns, so yep. I can't read music. I have no idea how to read music. I have no, <laughs> I have no understanding of music whatsoever. I couldn't tell you why a C on a keyboard or a piano is the same as a C chord, but I couldn't tell you why that's different in sheet music. Right. Because I'm pressing a C and a C, but then a C and a C and an A also makes a C chord. Mm. 
please tell me which buttons I'm supposed to press. So the, the <laughs> things with synthesia coming down is literally every button that you press is lit up. Yep. So I've just learned patterns and my sort of hand and brain work in a way where I'll memorize a sequence and then the shape that my hand makes creates the patterns of the music. So it's um, – and then using those patterns I sort of – I don't compose very well but I just play around with certain things that sound fairly good. Yeah. Um, and it's following the patterns of the chords that work together and what doesn't. So um, in the middle of selling selling my house, I know this seems like a segue, but it'll circle back in a second. In the middle of selling my house, and we're looking to buy our next one. Um, and I've got a couple of pianos. Well, I've got one and my, my fiancé has one as well. Um, and we're going to set them up and um, I'm probably actually going to invest in piano lessons to learn. Hell yeah. Properly. So mm. he'll probably take or whoever's teaching me will probably take everything that I know and go, all right, forget it because you've learned it in a terrible way um, where you don't actually know anything. You just have just learned bits and pieces. Mm. But he'll probably teach me things from finger placement to yeah. reading music to that kind of stuff. So it's something I'm fairly excited about. Well, I mean, but, you know, it's because I have a, a a more classical piano education. I did piano lessons from age eight to nearly age 18, mm-hmm. um, so like 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I know how to read sheet music because I was a extension music student and I was a, of course. I was a music student through all of my, all of schooling, but. Could have seen that one coming. Most people can. <laughs> yeah, it's not that surprising. It's like when I tell people that I used to be in theatre, they go, oh, yes. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, so yes. that checks out. Yes. Um, but the the thing for me is, I mean, my the extent of my piano playing now is I sit down and I play songs that I like on the piano, like just chords, basically like mm. guitar tabs. Mm. I basically just go on and I find the songs on the radio that I like the sound of, and I just sing them, you know, Lewis Capaldi, Dean, uh, Dean Lewis, all of those, those male voices. And I just sing along with, with my playing. Mm. Like that's the extent of my piano playing now, even though I used to do all the, I was never very good either. (laughs) I just kind of was like, do, do little things. And then my friends would get on the piano and do like the river flows in you, which is like a, a crazy, like, and their hands are just moving. And I'm just going, I don't understand happening 100%. yes like, and i did six years of uh, sorry my microphone microphone spinning around on its on its handle it doesn't like me but i did six years of piano mm. and i don't remember any of it oh there you i was go. very excited for a second there <laughs> he's, the he, did, he did six years of piano and he's doing concertos yeah. you know? <laughs> he's yeah. really not he's really he's really not taking any of it to heart <laughs> Well, it's because I was horrible at it. That's all right. That's but but the interesting thing is, you know, with with the way that you've learnt and been taught. I mean, I don't know if you're familiar with Tim Minchin. Yes, very. Mm. Well, he's you know all the perfect self-taught. example of that. He's all self-taught. He doesn't really. He knows sheet music now only because he's composed multiple musicals mm. and multiple scores yes. and orchestral scores. Yes. But. You know, he was just someone who just sat down at the piano and just started playing around with stuff and just went, I like this. He's a genius, that guy. He's insane. His comedy is way better than his, than his, than his theatre and things. 
I loved the... I mean, his comedy is great. His theatre is also great. I loved the... I, I, to be honest, I, I've only ever been interested in the comedy. I never. I knew he was doing stuff like... I think he did Matilda. He did Matilda, which is fantastic. Yeah, and I, he did Groundhog Day. Yeah. I just haven't bothered watching it because I was like, where's all the jokes about penises? <laughs> <laughs> Beep! <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um... <laughs> <laughs> You're very bad at your reaction times today. Hey, I just don't know where this... I don't know where he's going to go. Surprise. You never gonna... know. <laughs> Nobody ever the knows. The worst kind of surprise. <laughs> surprise! <laughs> and surprise, in, we've been demonetized. Now you're in prison. Um, <laughs> I mean, yes, his, his comedy is definitely a lot more explicit. Mm. I mean, who knows? Maybe Groundhog Day is just all of that. I mean, Groundhog Day is a messed up story as it is. So, I mean... Maybe. I don't know. I, I'm not super familiar with Groundhog Day the Musical. I just love Matilda. Right. Because I went and saw it in Melbourne in 2016, I think. All right. Mm, it was fantastic. Mm. Absolutely fantastic. All right. Enjoyment of the piano. I like mm, it. I dig surprise. it. So let's let's go from one end of the spectrum with enjoyment to uh, the other end of struggles. Yes. Yeah, so... so- Let's let's bring the mood down a little bit. We've been having fun. Let's talk seriously. Cooper, stop laughing. Uh, I may as well just leave this room because I'm not good at serious. That's okay. It's, it's okay. Fine. He's I'll a make, teenager. I'll make light of it. He's a teenager. It's fine. Just turn my mic off at this point. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely just did turn his mic off. It's fine. How dare you? He's back. He's back. Um, look, I feel... Like I have ADHD. Have I been diagnosed officially? Not necessarily. I did do something when I was younger when I went to some doctor about it. and he tested mm. All I remember from that test is he threw tennis balls at me and he said, catch it with your left hand. And <laughs> I did. And then he said, catch it with your right hand. And I did. And he was like, no, nah, son's fine. So <laughs> I'm not really sure. How is that a test of ADHD? That's an interesting <laughs> test. Yeah, what? Um, but from that, he told me that I had a learning disability. So... I, okay. <laughs> my coordinational skills were uh, a problem, apparently, but nonetheless. Right. I, uh, Let's just quickly. So, so you think you have ADHD? Mm. Cooper and I know you quite well. Cooper, do you think Nick has ADHD? Um, it definitely could be a possibility. Mm. Okay. Let me answer with more declarative nature. Yes, you do have ADHD. A hundred percent. Knowing you for a possibly, few years now, yeah. you are. The, one of the most hyper people I know. Yeah. and Oh, yeah. In that sense, then very much, yes. And, and doing a bit of studies into ADHD and stuff like that, obviously having the feeling that I have it. Um, mm. And this is where martial arts has obviously helped mm. significantly is uh, I think that the control aspect of the martial yes. arts and the teachings of things has allowed me to not necessarily calm down, but just... It Direct the flow of that energy. Yeah. So a friend of mine um, recently got diagnosed with ADHD, which is sort of what made me think that it was definitely a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we used to always joke about it. Um, myself and, and everyone that's ever sort of met me has, has joked about it, saying, like, you definitely got ADHD. Um, and I don't know how much I can express, but I'll do it anyway. This friend of mine has been to a psychiatrist, been... Mm-hmm clinically diagnosed and then been prescribed um, like a dexamphetamine, which is like an ADHD medication, uh, medication, which um, for some people, you know, works in one way and for for others it works in another way. So 
um, because we've had these conversations about ADHD. And I know that I've said mental struggle and mental health, which I will tie in very shortly, don't worry. Um, it's something as someone with ADHD, you, I didn't even realise that not everyone has the same brain processes yes. that I do. Um, and a friend of mine said this thing and he took this, you know, the, the dexamphetamine and, and his, his, he's explained like this changed his entire life. You know, he's, he's capable of so much more. He doesn't live his life in anxiety. He doesn't have all this heavy breathing. He doesn't, you know, have all these constant, constant cloud and, and thoughts going on in his head. And mm. I'm like, what do you mean? Isn't that just normal? Like, doesn't everyone just have clouds and, and, and like the, that, that level of just pressure in their skull from these thought patterns and, and things like that? Um, apparently not. Apparently it's not. So, you know, he said, look, just take one of these um, in the morning, see how you feel throughout the day. And I took one and, again, for some people, you know, people apparently use it to go partying and things like that. Mm. Um, I took it and it was the most calm I've ever been right. in my life without sort of anything uh, stimulating that calmness on purpose like meditation or um, doing martial arts or anything because you can't think about much when you're being punched in the face. Yes. Um, and I took this thing and I went shopping with my fiance, which is something I do not enjoy doing <laughs> at any point ever. Um, because I feel like, especially during my weekend, I've got free time. I don't want to be at the shops messing around. Right? I want to yeah. be doing stuff. I don't want to like those things that are in my head and I've got, I've got a time constraint and I've got things that I need to get done and I've got you know, time that I want to enjoy, mm. not at the shops. This, I was with my partner she wanted to we were shopping for her by the way not yes. for me all right i don't really like shopping for me as it is mm. i hate shopping for her because <laughs> um, then you hi walk, Bray, hope you, you're well you walk in you walk into louis vuitton and you're like oh no that's right uh, here's my wallet <laughs> okay you want to try this all right okay you here's my wallet this. honey i'm going to stand in the corner of the room and, the, and then the salesman says do you want a new wallet? That one looks a bit worn out. Yeah, that's right. You're damn right it's worn out. I keep spending money out of it. <laughs> um, and then, okay, yeah, okay, you've got two more things to try on. Then I'm leaving. I don't want to be here anymore. I've got to mm. right? But this day I go and I'm pumped to mm. be there. You know, I'm sitting with her. I'm watching her try these shoes. I'm helping her with her laces. I've left my phone in my car because I'm not interested. I just wanted to be there and spend time with her. Wow. I, I'm going around, do you like these shoes? Do you like those shoes? Do you, do you want to try these ones on? And she's like, oh, what about those? I'm like, they're ugly as hell. You know, they're, <laughs> they're white and yellow. They look like an old dad's shoe, right? Do not, right. Do not get those. Yeah. But I'll definitely get you these ones to try on. And, and it was just a wholesome, relaxing moment for the rest of the day. I right. went to lunch with my mum, who's obviously known me for 30 years. Yeah. Um, and she looks at me and she's like, what? What's going on? I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, I have never, ever seen you sit this still in your life. Wow. Okay. And I was like, yeah, no, it checks out. I've definitely got ADHD for sure. So yeah. Um, I found out later on that because of the the cloud and the overrun thoughts and the way that your brain jumps from thing to thing um, with the ADHD is that it's very hand in hand to go with anxiety. Mm-hmm. Now my anxiety levels were insane before i before it was brought to my attention many many years ago um probably when i was 25 26 um my 
I would have breathing issues, um, yep. which didn't help because I also have sinus problems. Yeah. Um, so those going hand in hand would cause me to panic worse, and it would it would not go well. So we would do things where at martial arts we would do a class. At the end of the class, you'd have a bit of a breathing moment where you you calm down and relax. Um, and I wasn't able to fill my lungs up. Mm. I'm not sure how many people have felt this before, but um, I'm sure everyone has felt it once in their life but i've had it for long enough to think that it was fairly normal and Mm. i just have moments where i can't pull enough air into the lungs just you describing it i'm having it sitting here at rest it's horrible same (laughs) and it it would happen often um like a lot and we're trying this meditation i'm sitting there trying to deep breathe and you know it gets explained you want to breathe into your stomach and you want to breathe into your into your lower chest and upper chest and fill the air to your throat and mine's stopping like at the bottom of my stomach i can't get any more and i've explained it to our chief instructor who's obviously um well versed in many many different things um over the years and he explained to me that he thinks he had that he thinks i had anxiety so um my journey started with therapy my journey started with arrogant obviously um and i i sort of learned all these tools to deal with it but i think beyond that the anxiety comes from i won't go into the depths of where it came from but it was definitely something that happened in my childhood um that gave me a difficulty of dealing with confrontation mm-hmm. um which again when you're a martial arts instructor is not a good problem to have due to the fact that no everything is everything confrontation. is confrontation yeah. <laughs> so you, you get punched in the face and i've you know stopped a straight punch or i've stopped a hook punch mm. a million times before mm. but every time i'll go back to this six-year-old five-year-old kid and not be able to deal with it because mm. regardless of the scenario that i have trained for my inner child is so traumatized mm. that i couldn't process anything it mm. goes into this freeze mode so through therapy i've i've dealt with a lot of things and i've um, learned the source of where the the confrontational issues came from that gave me most of the anxiety Um, i approached the source and i confronted it um, Mm. which was one of the biggest turning points in my entire life and i remember and i drove to said person's house and i sat down and i said when i was a child this and this and this happened and you did this and this and this and it made me feel like this and you know they went in to apologize and blah 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 and i said i don't what you have to say this isn't literally got nothing to do with you at all mm. this is something that i need to do to get through this um and i need to confront you and tell you that this is what you did and this is what came of it and part of me hates you for it um since then my relationship with that person has gotten a lot better which is fantastic um there will always be probably a part of me that goes you know that's that's a big problem but i think a bigger part of me looks at it as an adult, which I'm proud of myself for, mm. and goes, without those moments, I wouldn't have learned the coping mechanisms that I have. I wouldn't have learned um, to grow past it and I probably wouldn't be the same person that I am today. I wouldn't wouldn't understand as much when people come to me with their issues on depression and anxiety and things like that. So um, the therapy has been incredible. The it's, it's a different thing going to therapy and actually taking the action on what your therapist has said. Yes. Because um, you can talk until whatever the cows come home or whatever you want. But mm. unless you actually 
using the tools and the therapist goes, maybe you should try X, Y, Z. And yes. you go, all right, I've done X, Y, Z immediately. Mm. Um, and things got better. Things got much, much better um, until I figured out that you know, I had ADHD and the, the levels of anxiety that I suffer now are not actually a normal level at all. No, they're, they're reduced from the height. 100%. But they're still higher than a yeah. normal resting person. Yeah. Yeah. So I've masked it all and function fairly well, uh, all things considering. And I'm definitely mm-hmm. grateful and thankful that I, I, I'm not as, um, I don't know, high on the on the spectrum of ADHD as, as others. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we'll see. I, I may end up going to a psychiatrist and, and getting their opinion on on dexamphetamine and seeing if that does change my life, but then I've got to weigh up sort of all the costs and, and things about how it's going to affect you in the future. And yeah, exactly. So, um, but that's my my current current state with with mental health, and it's something that I've worked through and worked on for years. And I'm not sure if I have. How long have you been training now? We started training together mid 2020, like Jul- June, July 2020. Yeah, yeah, three so years. I would have learned all this stuff before you so you okay you wouldn't have met me during my most anxious stage but i wasn't right. a great person to be around because I right was okay not dealing with things fantastically so yeah okay um yeah so lucky you <laughs> <laughs> there we go it's other people who were who were there at that time i was not yeah that's right yeah no it's 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 interesting you know because i i think that's it's super important you know the the taking action part of it because i think that's something that i in particular because i'm 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 similar you know i'm i'm not i'm good at confrontation but also very bad at confrontation um and don't get me on every no one's good at confrontation it's it's uncomfortable for everyone yeah um, but it's a different level yeah in, in a lot of ways there's a yeah for me it just took me back to when i was five years old and traumatic things happened and that was every scenario, even, you know, a student wouldn't pay for their lesson or whatever. Mm. And just the fact that asking money, asking for the money that you worked for and earned and is rightful to Feels uncomfortable. Yes, but sends me to a point where I'm like, I, I'm a child. Yeah. I'm, it's this regressive. Person, this person's going to just have a full-blown go at me. And yeah. It's like, you know, hold on a second. I'm not that anymore. Yeah, no, and you're in the position of mm. of authority and power in that circumstance of like, I am providing a service. Yeah. Your part of this transaction is you give money. Pay me my money, bitch. <laughs> oh, I like how you looked at Cooper for that. Yeah. Cooper, how much money do you owe Nick? <laughs> is that including this podcast? Or because I'm oh, the f- no, we've already paid in full for this podcast. Nick had his cinnamon scrolls before the episode. Well, that's because Decky and a coffee. That's because Decky did it, not me. Right, okay, yes. Yes, Declan Declan is our, our caterer here, Declan and Mum. Nice. They did very well. They did, they did. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's important to talk about those kind of things and I think it is the, the biggest thing that I have, I think at the moment with therapy is is I'm not at that stage where I'm actioning yet. Mm. Um, and it's, you know, you've got to work to that point and i think i'm still in the process with my with my journey with therapy because i've only been with my therapist since the end of last year mm. oh really i feel like it's longer than that it is definitely recommended get a therapist Everyone no you're right cooper it was the end of the year before right. but i only see her very infrequently i only see her like once every 
two month and a half. Mm, mm. So, but yeah, it's um, the actioning is is the hardest part. Hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Face the things that have sculpted you as a human. Exactly. And try and change them. It's yeah, because looking looking into it, like, and looking internally is is one thing, and you know, going, oh yes, I know that that's the problem. Mm. I've had that conversation with my therapist, where she's like, "Where do you think that comes from?" I'm like, "I don't think anything. I know it comes from this." And how does that make you feel? Oh, it shut you feel, up. It made me feel real bad. Yeah. <laughs> Any therapist that asks that isn't asking the right questions. I know. That's why my therapist doesn't, and that's why I love her. Shout question. out, Danielle. Yeah. If you're listening, which I don't think you are. But, you know, if you are, that that's cool. Send her the link to the yeah. podcast. I have sent her the link to the podcast. She just won't tell me if she listens or not. Honorable. I think she's just, like, subtly, like, listening, listening in and, and getting some info for our sessions. Let her... <laughs> Could you imagine... Tell her that she got an honourable link. An honourable link or an honourable mention? Both. What's the link? Something. <laughs> link down below in the description. Okay, there we go. He got there. He got there. Okay. And speaking of got there, we've gotten there. And anyone who's stuck around to the end of this episode has mm. gotten to number five, which is, as I've written here, the big mystery surprise. Mm. So, Nick, please. Big mystery surprise. So Tell this, us. By the time this podcast comes out, it'll be halfway through November, I assume. Yes. Yeah, which well, that's that's when you've told us this episode is going out. So that's oh, when this episode I know will this be going is. out. I think I know what this is. Okay, Cooper prediction? No, I'm <laughs> no, not making no any predictions. Okay, no predictions. We're going straight into it. Um, so obviously... Oh, we have Google oh, predictions. Shut up, Siri. We've got, we've got Google making making their prediction. Google is always Google. listening. Cooper was Google. Anyway, <laughs> um, so this year earlier we got engaged, me and my fiancé. We went to Thailand and I proposed to my fiancé. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, at the moment I'm selling my house and we're looking to buy the new one because we've been obviously trying to um, set our lives up for a scenario where we're going to start a family and um, create create the whole, you know, basic American dream. Yeah. Buy a family home, move in, have kids, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, and before I went to New Zealand in August, um, we you know, had a few discussions and, and started the whole process of tracking things and whatever. And I've come back, um, from New Zealand and I got this box from Bree. Yeah. The next morning. No, it was the next night I came home, came home from work or whatever. And the previous night we had had this really, really nice conversation where we sort of worked through a few things and, and sort of set ourselves up for, you know, how we're going to achieve certain stuff throughout our lives and and um, just got me this gift as like a thank you for this conversation. And I was like, oh, this is really nice. You didn't have to give me a gift. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. And um, it was as I opened the box that I found out that in May next year I'm going to be a dad. My goodness! What what if oh. as you were as you were approaching that, I went. Wait a second. <laughs> I I kind of figured it out. The the there. the the cogs in my head started turning. I went. Oh, okay. Yeah. So obviously, at the recording of this podcast is all very early. Um, yes. A literal handful of people that know. Yes. Um, but Bree is currently seven weeks pregnant. Very exciting! Yeah. Congratulations! Yeah. 
awesome. You did actually say to us a couple months back when you first proposed, within the year I'm going to be a father, and that's true. Yeah. There so, you go. And I always wanted a kid before I was 30. Mm. Um, I turned 30, but I'll have a kid by listening before I'm before 31. 31. So that's very exciting. Still a win. So, yeah, we've, we've, Bri and I love doing everything at the same time mm-hmm. for some stupid reason. So, I think two years ago we decided to re change jobs. We moved house. We went homeless for a while. We built a house. We yep. moved into a new place. We got a dog because all in the space of like three or four months, right? Mm. Just dumb stuff because any of life's big decisions we just decide why not just do it all at once so yeah this year we i had my i've having three overseas trips i've changed yep. job I've, I've gotten a new role she's changed job gotten a new role um we're about to sell my house buy a new one and have a baby and we got engaged yeah come on like, why, <laughs> why do we need to do all of this well, you know once just all achieving all the life's major things in one go so um, it is probably the most exciting moment of my entire life. This is something I've been looking forward to for at least 25 years. Yeah. Um, we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll see what happens. We don't know, obviously, the gender yet. We find out of course. in three weeks. Okay, yeah. Um, we have our first scan next week, so all wow. very exciting stuff. All so very we're exciting. being set up for you coming back. Yes, we'll have to do a repeat episode, you know, in, in a year's time maybe and – Tell you whether or not I've. Uh, well, in a year's time. I in a year's time, born. it'll be you know well along. Yeah, that's right. So you'll you'll be glad for the break. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. Me away from, from you know what we're we're in September now recording this. It won't come out until November, but you know, a year's time from now, you'll be a few months in. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, there we go. Our first big reveal, Cooper. High five. <laughs> There we go. We're going to go trending. Right. <laughs> We're going to go trending in a very small community. <laughs> yes, yes. Which is good. I'm very excited. Um, yeah, it's very exciting news. Uh, that, that's why the, the episode has been delayed. Um, yes, that is why we're recording this in, in mid-September. Oh, end of September. My goodness. No. Where's the time going? Um, it's okay. Before, by the time this episode comes out, it will have only felt like two weeks. Yeah, exactly. Yes. When you first said release it in, what is it, middle of November, I went, what dodgy stuff are you up well, to Well, I was going to say, Nick texted me this morning before he arrived here and went, so when's this coming out? Yeah. I said, well, I don't know, sometime in the next like two weeks, I think. Um, why? When do you want it released? Yeah. And he didn't tell me until he arrived. And yeah. he said, when he arrived, he went, oh, could we maybe release it like mid-November? I was like, okay, sure. Yeah. We can release it mid-November. I had to argue with Bree to be able to tell you. <laughs> so okay. Just like, you're not allowed to tell anyone. Uh, which is obviously fair enough. Of course. The, the, the high risks before 12 weeks. Of course. Um, but something that I'm very excited about and I can't wait to share. And I also figure that it's probably a good time to mention, you know, the the, the idea behind it might be an old, old sort of tradition and things like that, but people don't tell people before 12 weeks because of the risk of miscarrying. And then mm. you kind of go, well, then what? Like if I'm telling people before 12 weeks and they're obviously only close people, I'm not just telling random people. Yeah. You know, people that are closest to me in my life and, and to my partner. Then if I'm telling them before 12 weeks that you know, I'm going to be a dad and blah, 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 and then we unfortunately lose it, obviously fingers crossed, no one ever wants to do that. Mm. Um, 
But wouldn't you want like a support group or people just like you're picking up on the fact that you're acting sort of weird or upset or whatever and you're yeah. asking what's wrong. You're never going to go, oh, Brie was pregnant and we lost it. Like it, and you just just tell people along the way. It's not a... Yeah. People are like, oh, but then you have to untell people. Well, yeah. But yeah, and, and I think you're right in the in the sense that at least then you don't necessarily then have to say to people this ha- you don't have to catch them up mm. you just have to kind of go look unfortunately we lost it unfortunately we lost it and that's all you ever need to say because yeah. no one's going to go like oh tell me more yeah 100%. it's like yeah. it's like okay conversation's done at that point that's right let's and let's do something like you know let's and you'll get a cuddle or you'll get a hug or you'll yeah get you'll some, get that something caring that emotional support and i understand some people don't want that but i do think that there's a massive stigma around Twelve weeks because mm. if you lose it, and there's so much pride and stuff, and it's I understand that's a hard thing to go through and mm. tell people, but people should just be more open. I am a complete open book. I struggle to lie. I struggle to keep secrets, mm. and I don't have a problem with people knowing things about me. I have nothing to hide. Yeah, yeah, and if, you know, even dumb things that I do and stupid shit that I do. Yeah, tell them. It's funny. That's it. That's what You're exactly human. like me. Yeah. I cannot keep a secret. That's fine. Yeah. But what have you got to hide? Unless you're just like, oh, you know, I went out the other night and I cheated on my girlfriend multiple times, then I stabbed someone. Like, <laughs> maybe don't tell the world that. But <laughs> maybe don't tell the world that. There's yeah. probably some people that you need to so tell like about she, that. Karen would love to know. Karen <laughs> would like to know. Karen would love to know that. He'll help me hide the body. <laughs> To be honest, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, the problem, Karen. The problem is you did this last night and you're only just trying to hide the body now. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and some, some critical time has already passed. We need to go back to a certain place. And I'll tell you why until we get there. We got to go back, Karen. We got to go back. Yeah. Oh, man. You just open the bed of your truck and then Karen goes, oh, what's that in the back? Mm. Yeah, no, no. we get to training with you and you're like, yeah. hey, guys, so yeah. guess what? Training today is digging a hole. <laughs> I got you a shovel. <laughs> I got you a shovel yeah. and something to put in the hole. That's right. But you got to deadlift the stuff first. And <laughs> Literally deadlift it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. We might need a new location for that, not just a yeah, park. Yeah, I don't think we can do it in the park. I no. think we need to. No, that's not a park scenario. Yeah. No. Let's drive out into the middle of the forest. Yeah, middle of... <laughs> Anyway, I love how we went from such a such a beautiful <laughs> reveal moment to now talking to about life. hiding a body. Yeah. Um, but that's the speak away, bruv experience, if nothing else. Uh, <laughs> well, Nick, thank you very much for for joining us for today and for for giving up your time and and giving up some some hot goss. Um, you know, we've 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 heard about snowboarding, about martial arts, the piano, mental health, and of course. Some exciting news about the future May family. Yeah, future baby May, born in future May. Future baby May. It's gonna be the first baby May born in May. First baby wow. May. Wow, actually born in May, which will be funny because all through my entire life, people have been like, "Oh, are you born in May?" No, mm. no, I'm not born. Just because my name is May <laughs> doesn't mean I'm born in May. But now, see, yours is better than the one that we get. Are you born we in the day. No, no, no. We get um. Because our last name is Eels, we get. Oh, do you support the Parramatta Eels? I don't even get that. <laughs> no, I get even worse. I've, I've, oh, what do you get? I get. Oh, you like an eel? Mm. 
Like people I don't think know. I'm I'd, an actual eel. I'd rather be the animal than be a supporter of the <laughs> NRL team. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Isn't, but you know, that's a that's a matter of personal pride. An eel supporter. He is, but it's okay. He doesn't doesn't listen to this show. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. <laughs> He'll never hear this. Um, and he also knows how I feel about the team. Yeah. Um, well, again, thank you very much, Nick. It's been a pleasure to have you here. Thank you for having me. And um, we look forward to having you back at some point in the future to uh, to chat about some more things. I'll bring my screaming child along with me. Fantastic. <laughs> Could you we'll, imagine? We'll set up the fourth mic just yeah. just for them. <laughs> And it's okay. You've already gotten used to screaming children with Cooper. So, you know. See, I've just been setting you up this whole time for when you become a father. I'll get even worse in these next couple months. Don't worry. Wonderful. I'm prepared. I'm ready. I like how he's moving through the teenage phase and he's like, I'm going to get worse. It's like, how can it get worse? (laughs) It's already so bad. bad. (laughs) You look like you're about to say something. I thought Cooper was going to say something. I thought he was as well. He got real close to the mic and just like. He's, he's backed off. Yeah, it's all right. All right. Well, quickly, before he can say anything, let's wrap this up. All right. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Thank you to Nick for coming along. And we will see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye, guys. Bye.